Becker's Hospital Review is committed to delivering our audience safe access to vital educational opportunities. With this in mind, our 11th annual meeting will be in virtual format for the first time. Whether in the home or workplace, attendees will have access to sessions where industry leaders will be discussing the most pressing issues in healthcare, including the rise of virtual care, addressing clinician burnout, and delivering on-price transparency. To learn more, click on the conference tab at beckershospitalreview.com. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Michelle Fortune, CEO of St. Luke's Hospital in Columbus, North Carolina. Michelle, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Now, could you please tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure. I've been a registered nurse for nearly 30 years. Uh, For the first part of my career, I worked in medical surgical units, uh, pediatrics, and cardiac units primarily, and then I transitioned over to the perioperative surgical areas. Uh, I think, you know, after that, those experiences really prepared me for some clinical leadership roles that I held, and then ultimately my first post as a hospital CEO in Texas. Um, I've been back in my home state of North Carolina for the past eight years, serving in a variety of leadership roles, and I've worked uh, everywhere from a level one trauma center to my current responsibility as the CEO of St. Luke's Hospital in Columbus, North Carolina. Uh, We are uh, 100% locally and independently owned critical access hospital. Well, fantastic. We're really excited to have you and your perspective here today. Now, first off, what are your top priorities and how do you see them evolving over the next year? One of our top priorities is recruitment and retention. I think it's an incredibly competitive landscape right now to hire nurses, support staff, and even providers. Um, In rural markets like ours, we are challenged continuously by positions with travel companies and large healthcare systems that might offer a higher pay scale. So given the pandemic, I think we'll continue to see this, this trend evolving. I think another priority for us is healthcare burnout. It's a very real problem, and we are working to ensure good health for all of our teammates. If they don't remain healthy, both physically and emotionally, then they can't really effectively care for others. So without intentional work in that area, we know we would see a host of experienced caregivers leaving the profession. Um, I'm seeing leaders across the nation really recognize this challenge, and it's a priority for many, including us. Um, We are always here looking for opportunities to, of course, improve compensation, which um, many leaders are talking about, but also professional recognition and psychological support. Um, Activating our close-knit community and those kind of efforts seems to be essential for us to keep our caregivers healthy. And I think we've found that keeping a priority of um, maintaining stories of grateful patients and sharing thank yous with people who care for others is powerful medicine for their resilience. Um, I think for us, probably our, our other top priority is maintenance of our financial viability. So um, in 2019, there were 19 rural hospitals across America that closed, and that brings the total closure since uh, 2010 to over 120 rural facilities that have closed. The pandemic is seeing more on the edge of closure, and 35% of those hospitals that I mentioned have closed were critical access hospitals. So when you think about that, it's a substantial negative impact on the healthcare safety net in underserved 
served in rural communities like ours, um, those people now don't have direct access to health care. And so our priority is ensuring that does not happen to our locally owned hospital. And so we are focusing both on uh, delivering the highest quality care and on community education about the resources and health care we provide for them. That's interesting to hear about in terms of some of the things that you're looking at on the caregiver side, but then as well, making sure that your institution is financially viable for your community. I know you just went through a few of the challenges that you're going through in your priorities, but what are, you know, really your top two to three challenges you see on the horizon for healthcare, and what are you doing today to prepare? Well, you know, I think probably the top priority for most everyone right now in the immediate horizon is the continued fight against the global pandemic of COVID-19. Um, Massive distribution efforts here are underway in getting vaccines out to our communities um, simultaneously. I know we feel and others feel in healthcare that the pandemic has stretched the healthcare system in ways not before seen, both in terms of human capital and financial viability. So um, we are right now, in terms of trying to prepare for that, staying connected to our state and federal leaders. Obviously, we and others are trying to get more vaccines to be able to deliver those so we can actively continue mass vaccination plans. I think we've been really fortunate because our area is home to the Tron International Equestrian Center, and that facility has been very beneficial to us in in terms of vaccine delivery. It's got a wonderful layout and resources where we can really care for a larger region. Uh, and our, our hospital, our county health department, and our county government have all really partnered together to try to become part of the solution. So we're, we're learning in the middle of the pandemic. We've grown in the areas of mass emergency management and, of course, epidemiology and infection prevention. And we're really trying to offer ourselves to serve and prepare to serve in larger ways as the needs continue to arise with vaccinations. Um, I think the second one for us in terms of challenges that we see on the horizon for health care would be the runaway cost of health care. Um, it's just simply too expensive. And we know consumers are demanding change, and, and rightfully, it's become a focus of our nation's leaders. So uh, finding a balance as we work to reduce the cost of a really complex health care system uh, is really challenging, but we know the system has to be wholly overhauled, yet we also have to remain focused on delivering cutting-edge care. So um, I think right now we and others are trying to think about health care through the landscape of the value that it provides to the individual. Um, here, uh, in terms of preparing for the future, we have really grasped the concept that the hospital is no longer the center of the healthcare universe. And while we know we're needed as a hospital, we also are at the same time working to transform so that we can deliver more outpatient-based or home care. And we're trying some new approaches like community health providers and rural pharmacists embedded into our rural health clinics. Uh, we're seeing really great outcomes with that, and I think um, continuing that and remaining really connected to our healthcare associations and governmental leaders will be really important for rural healthcare to say we can have a role in shaping healthcare policy and, and the future. So that connection for us is really essential for our survival. 
Got it. Thank you so much for going through that with us today. That is really helpful to know and think about. Finally, my last question for you is, where do you see the best opportunities for St. Luke's Hospital to grow moving forward? Yeah, that, that's a great question. We, we have a significant opportunity for strategic partnerships with larger entities that are near us. We've identified, obviously, these larger institutions around us can provide specialty care for our local community that we don't offer. A uh, great example might be we don't have the patient volume in our community to warrant a full-time cardiologist here, but having full-time access to cardiac clinics and telemedicine would benefit our community greatly. So uh, with that technology and the implementation of evidence-based protocols, then hospitals like ours might be able to deliver more complex cardiac-based care and avoid having to transfer the patient or migrate them to an urban-centric facility. So we know that that scenario is better for patients and everyone involved, and we've started working on specialty care like that. We've had some successes, uh, and cardiology is one that's on, you know, the next opportunity for us to say, how do we grow and really give care to our community? So I think that's important for hospitals like ours. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Michelle, so much for being here on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity.